What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're talking about why is this the best time to start your YouTube channel or to take your YouTube channel seriously? MJ, a.k.a. Michael Jordan, okay, uh, just made another couple billion dollars. We're going to talk about how. We have the success story of crumble cookies. How did that happen and what can we learn from it? Of course, from the monetizing side, how to make money from products that are not even yours. And then for this or that, is your content boxing you in and stopping you from growth? Moose, how we feel about this episode? I feel really good and I'm thinking I'm starting, my favorite section is becoming this or that because it's another one that I'm like, yeah, uh, let's let's talk about that again, please. That's that's a hot topic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force. But more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that will allow you to stream not only on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, all the social media platforms, but it's also amazing for your pre-recorded videos. It does video isolation, audio isolation, transitions, text, everything that you would need to create a course, presentation, even a podcast like ours. Ecamm Lies has everything. Lies. Live. Yeah, I mean, Ecamm Live does everything, and you could do it for 14 days for free on us if you go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm. That's E C A mm and get that 14 day trial shout out to ecam for real moose how shout we feeling out to ECAM. man i'm feeling pretty good i am spent uh spent the majority of the day at the house today which was actually good for a change um you know it's nice to stay home on podcast day i like i like that um you don't normally nice stay little... home you don't you, no you no no i'm always it's, it's, it's anytime when we're recording on a weekend it's like all the errands of the week tend to fall on on this day. And so we're running across the borough and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, it was nice, too. I mean, granted, we did go out, but it was just down the street as opposed to going across the city and coming back in some of this crazy traffic. So, uh, so yeah, today was nice. It was, it was nice. Um, really, really good day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know you out and about in these streets. He's like, yep, I stayed home and I appreciated. Well, you know, not a, not not. Like I'm outside, out and about, but like you know, responsible, re- outside responsible outside. You know, like there's a there's a responsible version of outside. Yeah, we're gonna paint the picture that he's outside as a <laughs> do your thing on the video. Oh side. man! <laughs> so you gotta add context. You know, what I'm saying B roll will come behind you and be like, "Oh, he said he's outside. He's outside. Look, look at this wild stuff." Gonna, so yeah, you gotta. I say he's gonna, gonna find like a. 
1970s and then put your face on it. It's going to be yeah. hilarious. Out, out, outside with a baby stroller and uh, and a wife. You know hey, what I'm saying? Outside. Hey, that's, 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 that's good. That's good. Let's 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 make that alive. Let's let's make that the story because Isaiah will like put that. something else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. give the context. Yes. Uh, as far as for me, um, I'm planning InvestFest. Uh, shout out to InvestFest one time. And we have a booth and I didn't, I didn't know the planning that has to go with it. Mm. You know, it's like, I thought, get a booth. It's great. We'll be there. It's Gucci. There's so much to it. Shout out to the people who design booths because that's ex- I didn't know that it was that expensive. <laughs> that's oh man, I love that you you all who listen to the podcast and of course those of you who watch, you get to see a lot of what happens in Nikki's life in real time. I'm talking about as it happens. It's like oh, reporting live from. The studio of Nikki Saunders. Yeah, no. Breaking news. Mm. Yeah, this this how it goes down. Yeah, no. Anybody who thinks that's a, yeah, we got some tablecloths and oh, things no. like that. Yeah, no. When you want something to look a certain kind of way, uh, yeah, they expect, expect a lot. A lot. Mm. Whatever you thought it was, three times that. Don't. Don't double. Just three times. Yeah. It's like, wow. I, I Listen, I'm okay. Not really. I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it. <laughs> right. It's, it's other people uh, who are possibly on the team that may uh, poop in their pants, but it's okay. Uh-oh. It's all right. Well, to, to be determined, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the, uh, you know, everyone might feel a certain way, but then when they see the outcome, it's like, oh, no, the outcome is going to be fire. Like in the design, there's like couches. I was like, oh, there's couches, got couches, Mm. but then in the booth, like, yes, in the booth. I love that. And then, uh, what you would call it? Um, but I, I, the only feedback I gave was like, yo, I don't want them to come and stay, I want them to like Mm. chill and leave. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, she's like, yo, that's hilarious. But I was like, but the couches is a vibe. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couches is a vibe. But yeah, that is a shout out to all our uh, booth designers, event planners. And y'all, y'all in the right business. Mm. Y'all in the right business. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Real quick, though. Um, Hmm. What's up with what's up with the topic? Can can we give a people a sneak view and like sneak peek on the topic content? Like, do okay. we know do we know what the what the what the content keynote is gonna be like for investors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a panel. Oh, you're not. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it's a all panel. Right, all, right. You, in, all of Fest is nine out of ten times all panels, like. Mm. Even you may have, they had one or two, I don't even think it's keynotes. It was like, uh, shout out to Ian, Ian, just him and Trap performed. It seemed like a perform. It was like a conversation when they had Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. 
that was more of an interview. Everything they do is is definitely interview based kind of situation. So oh, it's not okay. so no more it, keynotes. Okay. Yeah, no, it's well, not. That's good. It's that's, not a keynote situation. Yeah, I feel like that takes a lot of pressure off of the preparation phase for you know the event itself. That's yeah. You just got to know your stuff. If you don't know your stuff, you're yeah, in trouble. No, 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 no. We already know what's up with that. So all right. Really? I thought it was a keynote. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to know. If there's going to be a specific topic. So, all right, cool. No, no, no. We, we, cool. we good over here. But let's get into this episode. So first and foremost, this is the What's Poppin' segment. And this segment is sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand, the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand Grow a social media presence and build digital wealth. Go to deeperthanthebrand.com for more information, especially with that uh, five course bundle. That sale is still going on. It's a vibe. Um, but this is an amazing time to be a content creator. Be specific, a YouTuber. Right. Regardless if you are a large creator or a small creator, they made some changes that may get people from TikTok and Instagram really like serious about YouTube. So what they did was lowered their requirements to be able to monetize. So before it was a thousand subscribers you needed to have. On top of that, you needed 4,000 watch hours from a long form standpoint, and then 10 million plays if you're only doing YouTube shorts, now that they incorporated YouTube shorts to be monetized. Well, they said, bump that. We are going to slash that down to 500 subscribers, 3,000 watch hours, and 3 million short plays, which is extremely, extremely good for small creators because some people see the thousand subscribers and getting to your first thousand is a milestone, okay? That is a a struggle for some. Some don't get to their thousand for like a, a couple of years. So for YouTube to slash it down, I think they are trying to grab small creators, nurture them there, and be able to at least do the super chat, right? You could do super chat, super thanks. You can get into the shopping. You can get into the memberships all by being part of that uh, YPP program. So if you have been thinking about starting a YouTube channel or taking your YouTube channel serious, I think this is a perfect time because now the the gates have been lowered to make money on YouTube, and that's very very important. So, yeah, mm. that's what mm. I say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Bring 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 all of the YouTube goodies uh, this way, YouTube. Uh, we, we love you guys. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, well, jumping into the business world, man. Some interesting news broke. Uh, late last week, and Nikki actually shared this with me. And at first I was like, uh, interesting, but let's find out. So it says here that Michael Jordan finds a buyer and closes in on the sale of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, this is very interesting news. MJ, who's owned the Hornets since 2010, 
has officially found a buyer to give up his majority stake in the team. So in 2010, when he first acquired the majority stake, he acquired it for $275 million. As of 2022, Forbes estimated the club to be worth $1.7 billion. That's an increase of about $1.5 billion since then. Now, here's the interesting facts that come along with it, right? The minority owner or the minority investor in the team, Gabe Plotkin, he is coming in and he's actually the one who put the buyer team together, right? So when deals happen, and, and by the way, you'll start to see this, and as I've covered multiple sports teams being acquired or purchased or sold, et cetera, you've noticed that it's never just one person who's buying the team, right? It's typically a group of investors, people who come together to pool their money and say, let's go into it. The unique thing about here is that the minority partner is gonna gain majority stake by bringing on more investors into the deal. One of the people who is set to be in on the deal is none other than Jay Cole. Now, this is interesting because the whole philosophy behind this acquisition is to bring in a group of people who have a common interest in a couple of things. Number one, the state of North Carolina. Number two, basketball. And then lastly, music and entertainment. And so this could be a huge turnaround for the team who, quite honestly, under Jordan's leadership, of course, no disrespect to Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players in the history of basketball, but the team has not performed all that great, you know, in the 10 or 12 years. So I think it's really interesting to see what happens. Just a quick business lesson. And I, I, it kind of clicked to me as I was reading it, that this is where it helps to have partners in a business, right? That if at one point you start to lose interest or you don't seem to get the return that you expected, well, you can work out a deal with your partners and uh, make your exit that way. So really interesting. Now, by the way, the deal has not yet been finalized. I know a lot of people have said that it's official. It's not yet official. It's pending the league's approval. So once the NBA signs off on it, then it will be completely official. And then lastly, just a minor fun fact, Jordan will still be involved with the club as a minority owner, at least so it's reported. So he'll still be involved. He'll just give up his majority share. So uh, interesting stuff here in the world of basketball and team acquisitions. Mm. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money. <laughs> but hey, I think he bought it for like, what, what, how much did he buy it for? 275 that's a very good flip. That's a very a good big, flip. It's a big come up in 12 or 13 years. I'm not going to lie. Go from 275 to 1.7. So that's like 1, 4, 1.4 million and some change. Billion, yeah. excuse me. 1.4 yeah. billion and some change. Sheesh. Yeah, big money. Yeah. It's like him doubling his money every year for 10 years, basically. Just about. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to Jordan. You know, we're doubling we his like initial you. investment, I should say. Yeah. You know, we like you over here, clearly. Yeah. We I mean, like, we yeah, like you. It, yeah, it don't take much. Just just look behind Nikki right there. You'll see how much okay. <laughs> uh, this podcast is in support. Yeah. I got seven Jordans. That's it. That's all I got seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but let's talk about the creator of the week. Well, in this week, creators 
of the week because uh, we're going to give that title to Hope and Cadero, which uh, on social media, you can find them at Everyday with HK. Now, the reason why we picked them as creator of the week is because their content is so authentic, so genuine, and just really like an amazing balance of trends to like real life. So if you follow them or you're familiar or you go over now and check their stuff out, they do a lot of, let's say, uh, recently, like these couple challenges, meaning uh, uh, a male and a female will do some like weird thing, like weird uh, lifting up and seeing what they could do. And they try it and it's sometimes a success, but a lot of times it's a fail and it's hilarious. And they'll do these different types of trends, skits, that whole nine. But what I love is that they also put their life story into it. And so they did share their uh, struggles with getting pregnant. And then you saw now they have a kid. And it's so amazing to see the transparency. It They showed everything from... Uh, when she got pregnant to some of the scares to uh, the baby reveal and now constant updates with how life is as a family. And it's just so it's like really good content. I mean, it's just really good. I I see their stuff. I smile each time. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, love you guys. And um, yeah, go check out their content. It's really fire. Watch. Moose, do you know of them? I do not. I just, I was, I was, I am in a similar boat though. So I do resonate with a lot of what has been said about them. Um, so it's like, okay, I see the, the family vibe and uh, a lot of what, yeah, what was shared there. So that's cool. I, I got to look a little deeper. I just browse. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. You should check them out. It's really dope. They're, they're okay. dope. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Yay. So, um, it's blueprint time, which can we have an open conversation based mm. off our last, not the Marshall one, but the one before that, do we keep it blueprint? Do we, wait, wait, wait what you mean? Remember when we were talking about is, is oh. having the blueprint of fraud? Like, do we call it blueprint? <sighs> so, what we do, what we are being intentional based off feedback that we got from you guys, uh, shout out to our, uh, our YouTube community. We are being intentional with finding, uh, brand success stories and then how to monetize your influence, uh, and brand. So you're going to hear this, these two themes coming out more and more. So I don't know if we're going to call it blueprint, but understand these are the two themes that you're going to be getting uh, mm. from now on when we, as we can do this. So uh, the success story of today is going to be crumble cookies. Now, some of y'all have probably seen this, this pink box, this humongous cookie that has weekly drops and that people are sometimes in lines to get the next cookie. There are 
a whole uh, crumble review hashtag of people every Monday seeing if these cookies are good or not, right? And so we had to break it down because their average store, I was telling Moose, makes $1.7 million around that, like average of a store. I think their highest store makes around $3 million. They have millions of followers on social media and a lot of it is due to user-generated content. And so I wanted to break down how cookies, just cookies, really good cookies too, in certain weeks, not all weeks, certain weeks, right? Really good cookies can gain a following, can gain a revenue that we just spoke of and grew at such a fast pace because they started in like 2017. And so one of the things that I wanted to go over was their social media strategy. Um, one of the, the, the co-founders and CEOs, Jason M, I'm not going to mess up your last name, sorry. But Jason M, right, uh, went on a show, like, I, you'll, I'll credit them when you, you hear and, and see it, which... I actually want to talk about another time because the the interview that we got from is a faceless podcast. So mm. the you will see the person who's being interviewed, but you will hear the host be a French fry and speak through the French. It's really oh, crazy. But, right, right, right. But so let's listen to what Jason said about the social media strategy for crumble cookies and and how we could apply that and kind of our own experience with it. Uh, the next thing we did is really engage in social media. And what I mean by that is most companies that go and they'll post social media, one, it'll be the same across all platforms, right? Yeah. And they just kind of post it and that's, that's it. So what was our strategy? Our strategy was to go kind of leverage what the platform was already kind of uniquely tailored towards versus trying to push our own content does that make sense um yeah. and then tiktok you know trends start on, on on tiktok and it's all about video and about rawness and all these other different things and so when we got started on tiktok we said okay let's just leverage the platform the way it was meant to be leveraged instead of just trying to make it shoehorn into kind of the content that we had and so when we did that all kind of engagement started happening and we noticed one thing that happened is people started reviewing our piece it was an interesting trend that started happening and rather than kind of fight against it or like, Hey, you know, we don't want to, we just joined in. So, um, there's, there's a few parts that I actually wanted to discuss. The one main part is how they take each social media platform and cater to the platform. Right. Um, where we're actually in a season, I'll say season, where you can post the same piece of content on all the platforms. What Crumble did was like, okay, so with TikTok, they got these, these sounds, these music. So every time we drop, we'll use the trending sound. We won't use original sound, which we could, but we're not going to do that. With Instagram, 
We saw that the filters and, and, and having a high, uh, highly produced content over there worked. We're going to do that with YouTube, which we'll, we'll also get into. Uh, we'll do the long form. We'll do like a weekly show. And from that, I'm like, mm, that's smart because you're playing the platform game. You're not. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not um, just, yo, I, we are the trendsetters, so we're just going to post it everywhere. No, I'm going to create for here, for here, for here, because we have different audiences and different from age range to everything. From They, they even spoke about in that particular interview um, how they started with, with Facebook, right? So... When we're looking at social media, not looking at at it from a one size fits all, because I'm I'm noticing that too, where one will hit crazy on one platform, and the mm -hmm. others won't. And normally, it goes based off what you're putting your energy to. So if you're natively creating for TikTok, but you're putting it on Instagram, you're not going to get the same growth. You're not going to get the same vibes because you didn't make it for them you gave them like crumbs right no pun intended but but like you gave them crumbs and they're like okay we'll take it we'll give it to some people but we're not going to give it to the max because you're not utilizing what we're putting energy towards when you're not you're not acting you're not playing house i mean mm -hmm. you're stepping out all the time so that's that's one thing that i've that i've noticed with with Crumble, when we're talking about just from a digital side of their growth is we're going to treat each social media channel differently and figure out the, what works and what was trending. And so it got me thinking about, okay, we may, if we're going to take certain platforms serious, I, like I literally put TikTok on hold for us mm. because what we were doing was taking the, uh, the Instagram and YouTube shorts one and putting it on TikTok and they weren't, they weren't hitting. And so I'm like, mm, instead of wasting that time of that, let's concentrate on the two that has been working mm -hmm. and let's figure out what TikTok would look like for a podcast, you know? So, um, I, this, this opened my head, my mind, like, Oh, okay. Some people, the advice from some people are wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how it can be that simple, even for the largest of brands, right? Like you just said, they just simply came in and played the platform game. They didn't complicate it. They didn't question if this was a good strategy. They just did it. They were probably following you, by the way, because I know that's something that you yeah. always say. <laughs> it's like, yo, the platform, you got to pay attention to the rules. Let me go find that. Yeah. Oh, let me check real quick. But no, but that's real because it, it's so good to see that even the largest of brands and some of the, the, the numbers that you mentioned, and by the way, their evaluation is peaking, I think, into the, the billions, if not the hundreds of millions already. Mm. 
it's powerful to see that even the most quote-unquote sophisticated businesses or brands can still follow simple fundamentals and have major success. And so that's a good reminder for all of us. I've done actually something similar because I, I'm starting to like TikTok low-key is becoming my favorite platform. Okay. I just, come on. Yeah, I just, come on. Yeah, as, as you know, I just got to admit it, as my timeline has become more spiritual and holy, I'm grateful, you know, my... My, my timeline on TikTok wasn't uh wasn't safe. Yeah, you got yeah you yeah. gotta you gotta stay and, there and curate it. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, it was it was a little wild when I first got on. I was like, holy cow, I can't be on here by myself. And okay. then as as it got better and I started getting into more of the educational stuff, I said I love how just raw and real the information on there is delivered by a lot of the creators, and you could tell that. People actually have depth of knowledge over there. It's not no just surface level and let high, produ high production take over. No, it's really good knowledge mm -hmm. or information. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this is great and a great reminder for all of us to say, keep it simple. Like, seriously, keep it simple. I like that. Now, uh, what's one, another key factor to uh, Crumble's success is their weekly drops, right? So we're, I, I know I'm a fan. I don't know, I don't want to speak for Moose, but I'm a fan of where every week it's limited quality or quantity and it has an expiration date, right? So we've seen brands, of course, the Jordan brand, the Nike brand, uh, Supreme, that, that whole night where they'll they'll do these drops and then it's gone. It's sold out. Mm -hmm. So what Crumble did was, yo, every week our menu is going to change. And we're going to announce it on our social media platforms at the same time, right? At the same time and show you what it is. I'm like, every week you change, every, every mm. week you change. Now, what's cool about this from, and, and I would definitely love Moose's side on this, where it, from a customer side, it brings in new people, right? Because now there's new, new, new flavors. I know I started having, uh, having these cookies when they had like a French toast one. Mm. I was like, what? and it had syrup. And I was like, what? A syrup on a cookie? What's popping? And then I wanted it again. It was gone. And I was like, mm. hold on. Now I'm watching to see if it's ever going to pop up. So not only does this weekly schedule brings in new people, but then it also retains them because now they're looking for each week to see what it is, see what to try, or the, if their favorite one is going to pop up. I sound really excited, but that's because my I'm a dessert person. I was going to say something really bad. <laughs> I'm a dessert person. So, <laughs> but uh, I wanted I wanted your take before I play the the video about how they create this experience of a weekly drop. I wanted your take on how they bring in new customers and then how do they retain it? Because 
people don't really talk about that that process of of bringing in people and how to keep them. I, I've I've heard different ways, but the the reason for a drop like this mm-hmm. is those two reasons. I'm like, you know me. I'm like, how do I apply this somewhere yeah. in the brand? No, 100%. I mean, the consistency of quality is the utmost important thing when it comes to this. I mean, you got to think about when you win over the heart of people, especially dessert levels like myself, like you as well. When you win over our hearts, especially uh, for us who try a lot of different desserts, it means that your stuff is really good. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to switch the flavors and maintain the quality of product, that's that's not as easy as most people think. And I think that's why their concept proves to be successful because it's saying, hey, yes, I'm going to only provide you with six options every week. That's all you get. And it's funny because when I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago, my sister-in-law took me there. She said, oh, have you ever heard of crumb cookie? I was like, no. And then I walked in, I saw the big pink store and mm-hmm. they had like the bake shop right in the back and the smell, the sugarcane smell, just like the smell of sweets in general just kind of knocks you out. And she asked for a flavor. She said, oh, I'm sorry, we're sold out, sold out of that. We only had that last week. And so it was kind of the first introduction to this idea of, but then she said, however, he, he can try this other flavor. I think it was like snickerdoodle or something. That's a lot similar to the one that you're asking for. I forget what exactly she was she asked for, mm-hmm. but the consistency of quality. And I think that's a, 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 an important factor here. So for those of you who are saying, I want to apply this same strategy, I want to innovate and introduce new products on a regularly basis. I want to challenge myself to even do it on a weekly or a monthly basis. Can you still deliver the same quality of product with each innovation or with each change, right? Mm-hmm. That's a key factor there. So the consistency of quality is a major piece to that. Yeah, and they're, and they're very deliberate, like, they they make everything in each store. It's not like it's shipped to them or anything. Like they have all the equipment in that whole nine. And what's funny is that this uh, this franchise, this this brand started with two cousins who didn't know how to bake. Mm. Crazy. Didn't know how to bake, but rented out of space and equipment and didn't know what to do actually hired a i believe a local baker to teach him the fundamentals wow crazy wow that's so fire yeah super crazy but let's let's look at uh and, and listen to what happened like their their experience with these weekly drops because these weekly drops are also shown on social media and kind of why he did it that way actually got to the point so much that that Instagram and these others would actually flag our videos and almost take them down because we'd launch exactly at 6 p.m. every Sunday at Mountain Time. And it would just, there'd be so many comments and likes that they thought like something malice was going on. And so we had a lot of, you know, that 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 consistency of having it launch every single week at the same time, that's caused our whole fan base to be like, they're setting alarm clocks, they're doing all kinds of things. And so when that happens, they just know, you know, that crumble's gonna be there. And that used to happen with television, but television's all now digital and um, seasons get launched at a whole time and people are watching at different hours of the day and, and DVRs there, recordings there. And so there's like this moment where something launches at the same time where people can kind of talk about it. it doesn't happen very often. So uh, first off, I didn't, I, I mentioned it, but franchise empires with the wolf. 
that is where these interviews are, are, are coming from. Check that. It's a very small channel, but how they do that is really dope. Uh, now, this is where the cliche uh, topic that we have to bring up, consistency. Mm -hmm. They do same time every single week that it allows their fan base to look forward to something, mm -hmm. right? We, we tend to like downplay the importance, not just of consistency, same time, same day. Mm -hmm. Cause you could, you could be consistent. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna do it every Sunday, but you could change in time. So you can't necessarily get people to fully lock in if you change the time all the time. Where if we look at a Supreme, I believe Supreme drops Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. If you look at a Nike, majority of their drops Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern. And now we hear Crumble, I think there is proof in the pudding that there has to be something that we do that drops every single week or if you want to do every single day, whatever your, your consistency schedule is at the same time. Praise God we have a podcast. Drops 9 a.m. every Tuesday. All of the video version drops Every Wednesday, 8 p.m., and people are setting their... Appreciate y'all, because y'all the listeners. But that consistency now gets people like, okay, I'm going to get this. And the next day, they go review it. Which mm -hmm. is like that simple thought of creating a fan base, though, may take a minute is something that we can't just look over and have to apply somehow. So, so even with me, I'm like, what, um, with, with my lives, there's one live that I do that is super spontaneous. Whenever I feel like it on Mondays, it could be nine 30. It could be 10, it could mm. be 10, 15, right? I have an alarm now for nine 30 because of this, uh, because of this clip, nice. right? Yeah. Wednesdays, yeah. With my uh, content corner, now that's 930. That mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to make sure everybody locks in at 930. But it, that little thing can be, can be the true community builder that we're just looking over. No, absolutely. You know, a fun fact that I just saw this as we were doing the research a lot of the brands that you mentioned, Nike, Supreme, and granted, this is not a product that you eat. I know, obviously, once you purchase, you have to, or once the release is made, uh, you purchase, you have to wait for it to ship. Interesting thing about them is that they release the flavors on Sunday, but all of their stores are closed on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you really can't purchase until the following day and then engage with the product. So I think there's that part of delayed gratification as well. Like, yes, I'm going to still be consistent in all of these different things when I announce the quality of the product and, and these different factors. But as far as when I allow you to engage with it, you have to wait a little bit, which is a little bit risky, by the way. Like for me, if, if I were in that position, to be honest with you, I don't know that I want to take that risk 
in especially in today's world where there's so much happening that you could possibly forget like how do i know that you know you're going to remember to go and get or try this new flavor the next day or sometime during that week but it just shows how much brand equity their customers have with them or how much brand equity they have with their customers so that you can still wait a full day mm-hmm. and still want to go when to the number that you mentioned uh in the beginning of the pod 1.7 on average generating for each store yeah yeah you got some seriously loyal people that are that are waiting to purchase and 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 try the flavors yeah and they have well over i want to say well over 500 i'm not going i think it's definitely way more so i'm going to say more than 500 stores uh definitely in working to do up uh all 50 states and they're making some plans to do international the the interesting thing before we we get off this this topic is the user generated content right i, I want to really focus on that for a couple of seconds where because they do that weekly review and we know because shout out to Keith Lee and other foodies that reviewing food and desserts is kind of a thing to do. I've seen mm-hmm. several uh, several people who get thousands and thousands of view, reviews to review these cookies. They do it every single week. And so what does that do for the brand? They leverage that. Yo, if, if that's going to be the situation, we're going to share some of these on our stories. You know, we're, we're not going to fight the, the reviews. We're going to leverage the reviews. And that is that is something that we have to look at as brands of how can we leverage user generated content, especially those faceless brands. Right. We search for people who are going to use our our product and our service. But how are we making it fun that they want to create content about it? That they like, it's like, yo, I either want to say something positive or I want to say some trash. And so now your duty is to make sure you have a crazy good product because now, you know, people are going to review it. We um, and it's not just cookies. I mean, we watch something about how. Somebody reacted to a podcast. We watched something how uh, people react to sneakers, to clothes, like their experience, customer journey with that. So user-generated content, leverage that as much as you can. And I know in the beginning, that's like, Nikki, no one's talking about my stuff, Moose. They, they didn't even buy my stuff to review it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that means maybe we can plant some seeds, give some things away. Just yep. to get the feedback. But that's my thought. No, 100%. I mean, hey, it's something that we're actually starting to actively do now, which is we're thinking on the back end, how can we incentivize and even automate this user-generated content into our customer journey already so that we can encourage people to share and mm-hmm. share their thoughts online. Now, there's a form of accountability that comes with that, as you mentioned, because you're now saying, I am confident enough in my product 
that I feel you're going to give me an honest take and I hope it's a good one. But even if it's a bad one, I still think there's some positive that can come from that because people can see, right, both sides of the story. Because, hey, to say that every single product or even to say about Crumble Cookie that every single review has been positive, I doubt it, right? It's, it's subjective, like we've always said. Success is subjective. Opinions, that's exactly what they are. They can sway. Some people can love it. Some people don't love it. That's, that's just common. And so even just that thought process in general, it shows the authenticity of the brand to say, hey, we invite the realness of everything and we're not just going to bombard you with how great our stuff is, almost as if there are no flaws, right? So I, mm -hmm. I think th th there's like a uniqueness in that because most brands, especially new brands, they only want to highlight the positive. It's easier to try and mute the negative so that you can attract more people. But think about the realness that comes with that move and saying, no, we're going to ride the wave. Let you do it. And we know the power behind influence of user-generated content. So we'll go behind that. So yeah, it's, it's a big, big move. And I, I wish we would have realized this, at least me personally, I wish I would have realized how big of a movement this was two years ago, three years ago, right? To jump on in that momentum early. I don't think it's too late now mm -hmm. because we talked about it briefly on the line today about influence with creators is only still increasing so it's not going to go away especially as brands play a lot of the corporate games of let me support everything and everyone mm -hmm. and not have a true mission or value that i stand on because i want to be liked by everyone i think more and more people are realizing like no nah, i don't trust what you like or what you want to present if you like everything mm -hmm. right like you're, you're you're just playing the corporate almost manipulation game. So I know at least a brand is going to give me an honest opinion. And by a brand, I mean like a personal brand or a creator. So yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere, anywhere but yeah, if I could turn, what's it, what it called? Turn time machine, turn the clock back or whatever it is and jump turn back into 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump Did back that into that. I would, I would have been, I would have been, yeah. UGC all day. So yeah, good stuff. Yep, and that is uh, our version of the success of Crumble Cookies, uh, that weekly drop. Y'all better pay attention to it and think of it more of like how can you apply as well as the, the social media strategy. But that weekly drop is, is the golden ticket for their success, for sure. Now let's talk about uh, monetizing your influence. We got to find like really dope intro for this. Like now that we have these two different sides, we got to think of a thing, uh, think of a way to introduce it. Maybe have like a money bag sound or something. Mm -hmm. We'll do some, we'll do something. We'll figure it out. But, um, I wanted to talk about how do we make money when we are not necessarily ready to have a product or a service, right? And uh, we saw this clip from, what's his, what's his name? What's his name? Adam M. Freud. That's, that's the guy's name. Um, and he was talking about how he built his personal brand. And it's very interesting that I think not too many people really, really concentrate on Like it's a first step, but they don't really go into it. So I felt like we should be talking about uh, what 
a lot of people call affiliate marketing. So most people think that to make money from your personal brand, you have to be like a famous influencer with a massive following. Well, it doesn't require a viral TikTok video or having million Instagram followers. You don't have to be the next Mr. Beast or Kim Kardashian either. All you need is to consistently put out content about topics you know about and follow a posting strategy. So here's what I did. I started a website with my name at adamenfro.com. I started writing about multiple topics until I found one that worked. I tried and failed with multiple things. I tried like fitness, drop shipping, camping. Eventually I landed on business software because that's what people actually spent time reading. Reading. That's what Google said my site was about. So I used SEO principles, search engine optimization, to get free traffic to my website based on transactional keywords that made money. Then I placed affiliate links within my content and was making money within six months. So I had articles ranking and bringing in income every single day. First off, they just broke down how to really build out a brand that was really dope. But um, Moose, I wanted your take on the affiliate marketing side, but from a business, right? Not from the creator, but from a person who, for example, flight assessment, flightassessment.com, please go get that. But, um, but from, from that standpoint of how do we get the core people, our, our clients, however we want to call about it, uh, get them incentivized to be our marketing team and not always rely on ads, but it also brings in a couple of extra dollars for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, first you have to think about that. The most difficult part of a business is the sale transaction, right? That that's so difficult to have enough sales volume to keep your business afloat over an extended period of time. That is the most difficult part. And probably one of the top reasons why a lot of businesses fail as well, right? It's failure to produce enough sales to meet their overhead and keep themselves afloat. Now, as you start getting peak interest, giving people an in, and quite honestly, actually, let, let me not say that. The, the, once you show people the opportunity to be able to get compensated for simply sharing what they're what they're thinking. This is more of you know how I think of this when I think about affiliates. Nick's it's like a more organized way to do user generated content, right? It, it, there's just a structure already in place for it. But ultimately, you're encouraging people to do the same exact thing. You're telling them, hey, if you do this, this is what you get in return for it. Now, most people, because they have a closer relationship with their own network it's easier to get those people to buy from them, right? So my point is, if I purchase something and I have a good relationship with Nikki, it's going to be easier for me to sell this thing that I thought it was so great to say, hey, Nick's, I think you should definitely check out this book. Hey, Nick, you should definitely check out this interview. Now, if those were actual products that we were selling, right, that would be my comp. But for the company to try and reach out to Nick's and there's no relationship there, that makes the sale a little bit more difficult. So having the using the idea of just warmer contact or a warmer lead to generate the transaction makes it a lot easier. But just know it's really all it is is a simple structure to think about it that way. Now, some people and I and again, I, I can tell you from my experience, I made this mistake early on. We had people who would reach out to us and say, hey, is there an affiliate link or something that, you know, users can make for uh, recommending people for the flight assessment. And oftentimes I would say no, and even turn people away. But for us, it was 
a different vantage point because we had an actual training program or certification where we wanted that traffic to go to our coaches. But again, if I would go back and we are going back and actually changing the model now is saying, no, let people invite their friends because friends are more likely to take the word of their friends rather than us trying to reach their friends who may not already know about the about us. And so that's something I would say, yeah, much easier to do early on and just put it in place, even if you don't think you need it. To, it Rebelsi tells me some people on Amazon, you, you know that Amazon has an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. People make five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars and the percentage that they pay is so small. It drives me. It's, it's insane to think that someone would make that much money on a platform like Amazon that in some cases, honestly, depending on the product, they're paying pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So just imagine how much traffic is being generated that way. Now, of course, you know, it's a, a whole nother thing to think about how much pressure you don't have to worry about to create the product yourself. That's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, yeah. I, I sh- shout out to Ecamm though. I will say that though. Shout out, Yay. Shout out to Ecamm. <laughs> um, from a, from a personal brand and creative side, of affiliate marketing, I think it is one of the first, be, well, the second thing you should do. The first way to monetize your brand should be kind of like a tipping system, right? Allowing your supporters to give some way, shape, or form you some coins to be like, yo, I appreciate what you do kind of, kind of situation, right? But the second thing I do believe is affiliate marketing. Now, uh, I'll be honest about my my way of doing it, which is uh, my Instagram. So when I am going over some of these AI situations, the first thing I do, if I like it, I look if they have an affiliate program. And I sign up for their affiliate program. Most of them are like 30% to 20% are black, but like 30% you get from the stuff that are coming in. So boom, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about this particular tool. And then what I'm going to do is create a automation in the back that when they type in a certain keyword for it, then it will send them the link in their DMs instead of necessarily going into the link in bio and finding themselves. Because I think that majority of humans get distracted in their social media journey. So the link in bio strategy isn't necessarily so effective as it used to because people are so used to hearing it. It's like, oh, link in bio, okay, great, cool. But the, the way that I do it is you watch the video, you comment on it, and then I'll send a DM with the actual link And those people who are interested are going to sign up and I get some type of commission from it. Right. Um, Of course, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of creators. Some of the best ones is the Amazon finds like Amazon finds that you're not you need in your household. Amazon finds that you need uh, for your car and they'll list four or five products in each one and the way that they do the edits, it's so 
like binge worthy, like, yo, you want to continue to see more. And we have to think about it just like how uh, my guy said in, in the video, these are things that are making you money when you sleep. This is not mm -hmm. something I actively have to do. I can pin uh, a video on my Instagram right now. And so when new people come and I have that automation, they're still doing it and it could be weeks old, right? Mm. Um, if you have a, a newsletter, you can't, whatever book that you finish reading, whatever uh, tripod item that you bought, sign up for Amazon affiliate. It's free. It's free money, to be honest with you. And yes, the percentage is trash. Really extremely trash. But once again, as we're growing our influence and we don't want to necessarily, uh, we haven't had time to do the product or service or it's not ready just yet. There's nothing wrong with, okay, let me talk about some of the systems and the tools that I use. Let me talk about some of the brands that you see me wear and that whole nine, because we're already like, they see us use it. They see us wear it and the people trust you. You might as well monetize in some way, shape or form. And we've speaking about affi affiliate uh, a few times, but not in so in depth because, and I think that's what we're going to do when it comes to these segments is just finding that one thing and then just going in on it. But there are several tools, resources, brands that have an affiliate program that you probably just didn't even ask or know. Sometimes I've, I've emailed some of these companies. Hey, you have an affiliate program? Absolutely. Here you go. Shout out to uh, Get Munch. That's one of, one of the ones that, that had one that I had to actually ask. So, yeah, yeah like affiliate, affiliate marketing, or I was going to say affiliate money, but same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if, you're not, if you're not doing that, please go do that. And that doesn't mean, like, don't promote your own stuff. You can do both. Right. You're human. So people know you're more than just about your company. Yeah, yeah, no, do, do it. Business owners, brand owners, do it, do it. Just take the moment to set it up. And I bet there are resources. I don't know any of the top of my mind right now. I actually saw one on TikTok and I saved it. But there are resources that help you to structure some of these things already so that mm -hmm. you can just integrate them into what you're doing mm -hmm. and you can help other people acquire more customers for you. Listen, it's the biggest expense. Well, let's not the, say the biggest expense, but one of the most important uh, expenses is acquiring new customers. It's associated to that. Invest money there. And so if you can save some money and have somebody else push that traffic for you, oh, it's it's the best thing. The best thing. So don't overlook it just because it requires a little bit more of organizational structure or whatnot. So set it up. Even if you don't think you need it, set it up because uh, I'm doing it now four, five, what is it? It's been six years, it's almost six years later and we're doing it now. Like, uh, we did an affiliate, affiliate link. Thank you very and, much. Yes. And set, I got a, and I got a tool. No, of course, not an affiliate on this one, which I should have looked up before brands 
companies who need to set up an affiliate uh, look up Rewardful. You can mm -hmm. launch an affiliate program with ease. So well, even though I went in on for the personal brands and the creators, for my business people who want to actually allow their uh, community, their clients to actually promote for them and set up uh, a, a certain type of commission, uh, Rewardful is really, really good for that. And it like it goes with Stripe and everything. So uh, and this is not sponsored by them. This is just something that I uh, I know very sure of. You know what I mean? Mm, that's fire. Hey. So let's go into this or that people. And this segment is sponsored by flightassessment.com. Discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. Go to flightassessment.com. Moose, do you want to set this one up? Yeah, so this is, uh, of course, for those of you who've been online sometime, uh, you've seen the rise and increase uh, of this person's personal brand, Patrick Bitt David. Uh, he recently sold, of course, I give you a fun fact about his business side, but recently sold his insurance company for quite a bit of money, actually. I think it's been a couple of years now, but he's gone in on media, like fully, fully invested in media. And so this is an interview he was doing where he talks about a conversation he had with a YouTuber who was getting a ton of views uh, during COVID. And then it went from, I think it was a tens of thousands of views to less than a hundred. So let's see what happens. He says, man, my YouTube channel went from having, we went from 200,000 to million and a half subs in 12 months. And we were getting millions on top of millions of views. 25,000 people would stay live when I was doing any kind of thing. And I'm lucky if I get 50, 60, 80. I said, yeah. I said, can you pull up those videos that did very well? He pulls up yeah. the videos. I said, okay, 5G, masks, COVID. No one cares about those three today. Nobody does. And you still want to talk about 5G, masks, and COVID. Once you go into a certain box like that and you don't adapt quickly, you're gone. Yeah. So as content creators, we have to constantly recreate ourselves. Mm. I'm kind of torn about this, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely curious your take, but I say that because, you know, there's, I, I'm looking for the fine line or the balance between trend, trend hopping mm -hmm. and for having something that is fundamental or unique to you that you ride no matter what the season is, right? So I do believe that there are some people who don't ever see a thousand views ever on anything that they share, but it's so, it's so unique to them, it's so true to them that they're good with that. They're dedicated to it. They're happy producing it. Like it brings them joy and fulfillment. I was listening to a, a, a small interview with Jay Shetty and Rick Rubin, and he was saying that a lot of people shouldn't add labor to the, to the thing that they love. It's like the thing that you love, you don't have to turn it into your work all the time. It can still be the thing that you love and you do it just for that purpose because it brings you the satisfaction of I'm doing the thing that I love. And we've had this conversation multiple times, you know, uh, on our podcast as well about do you have to turn your passion into something that 
is profitable for you. Arguments on both sides. But, you know, for this one, I think uh, just for starters, Nick, I'm a little torn by it because it's like, okay, I can see what you're saying as far as you have to invent yourself. And look, I'm not saying that you should never change, you should never grow, you should never become better. But at the core root of something that is truly trusted or trustworthy is we know that they have stood the test of time and presented themselves in a way that you know is consistent. You know, we talked about it with Crumb Cooker. We know the consistency of it. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Give, give you a take on that. Like, what's the balance of cre- changing mm-hmm. to be innovative and, you know, in line with what's hot right now, I guess, to some extent, but also staying true to what people know you for and staying consistent on that. I mean, in the case of COVID, that's like, yeah, that stuff is expired, but those terms aside. Yeah. Yeah. With, with brands, um, regardless if it's a personal brand or whatever, we always have to reinvent ourselves now with, with what he was talking about. That's kind of hard to reinvent Mm -hmm. yourself. I think, um, if he if from from a quick not even writing this down situation if he talked about 5g mask and covid the way the person could have reinvented themselves if you want to speak about covid speak about other uh illnesses that are happening around the world that people are not putting light to right talk about um maybe not necessarily mass but the um the protection that we should be doing on a regular day basis to prevent some of the common colds, some of uh, the pink eye, like what are, what are some now protective measures for some of the most common things that are happening in the world? 5G, I have no clue. I, I don't <laughs> know what you want to talk about with that. And it's weird, but I never even understood why people talked about 5G, but Hey, whatever. But at least in those two things, you have to you have to evolve as the market evolves, as uh, the world revolves. Like it's it just happens, right? Uh, from from my personal experience, I'm I'm big on talking about social media and and content. And with the rise of AI, I got to talk about AI. I can still continue to talk about content tools and apps and that whole nine. But if I know what the attention is for people, and if I know that people are looking up AI stuff, I'm going to then reinvent some of my content to go focus on that. That doesn't mean I'm totally going outside of my box, right? I'm, I'm understanding what are my core topics for my brand. And this is for anybody mm-hmm. who is is building a brand and, and figuring out their whole content formula where what is the foundation, right? And it could be tech, it could be fashion, it could be um, space, whatever, what is your foundation? And so how are you staying in line with what is current in that foundation? So if you're talking about fashion, what are some of the latest things that are happening in fashion? Just because Mm. you covered uh, jeans, right, in one one phase 
That doesn't mean you can't continue to talk about jeans. You got to talk about what's popping at this moment. So it's, it's staying true to your brand and the reason why you made the brand and the content that, that has been working, how has it evolved and go around that situation? If they're now using trending music, use trending music that goes with your, with your brand, right? That goes with the topic that you're talking about. If you, you know, for instance, with, with that illness, Cool. It's not a situation. No one's searching for it anymore. But someone is searching for something because people are still getting sick. People are searching for your market, for your niche every single day. You just have to make sure you have a pulse on your market. If you don't, you're going to get faded out. Yeah. What, what are some of the ways that you would say someone can search what is trending in their market and how mm -hmm. quickly do you apply it? Because, you know, of course, I'm more of, I would say, probably more conservative in my approach to just change in general, with the exception mm -hmm. of tech. I mean, tech is probably the, the place that I want to be the most innovative and, and most exposed to anyway right now because I see so much upside and potential there. But how would you how would you suggest someone go about looking at those new trends in a way, mm -hmm. but just looking for something that is going to stay? Like it's not one of those quick here today, gone tomorrow type things. Is it just simply staying in tune with trending news as it relates to your particular lane mm -hmm. or maybe the demographic of people you serve? Like what uh, what do you do when it comes to that? For me, it's going on on the blogs, right, of my particular market, uh, Google Trends. Um, that's another great resource. As well as I go through, I go through Twitter and I go through YouTube. You know what I mean, like, what's happening on Twitter with this particular topic? Is it how how I can go into the latest and see how much people are talking about in the latest column with YouTube. Um, I'm looking up certain keywords and I'm filtering it through this year and I'm seeing what people are saying about this particular topic this year, because if I just gradually search something on YouTube, it's going to pick up all the, the years, right? Anything that that's been published, if they know how to rank it well, it'll show up. But if, if I do from this year, this past three months, you know, I'm getting more current information It will allow me to understand what's happening in the market. And I can, uh, you know, change my content if I need to. No, that's good. I like that. Um, and that's why, folks, Nikki is so much better at social media. I'm, 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 I'm just out here and listen to you. <laughs> Uh, I, I, as you were like spinning how you can still talk about things related to COVID mm -hmm. and masks uh, from a more relevant trending type of way. I was like, dang, I didn't even think about that. Dang. I can think of any idea. That That is one I of my gifts. That is one of yeah, my gifts. No, that's a fact. No, that, that, that really is a fact. I don't it's know how to mine, fully monetize sure. that just yet, but that Man. is one of my gifts for sure. Um, I just... I'm not 
too keen on the 5G. Like the only thing I know about 5G is that it's on my phone. That's the like I don't know what the biggest <laughs> controversy was with the 5G. I don't I know people were talking about it at one time, but I don't know why. So I couldn't mm. give. But I do know about COVID and I do know about masks. That's, that's a fact. That's what I mean. So the aftermath. Yes. Listen, people, know we're a little over, but we're not going to shut down the conversations because they're good. Uh, the after show, we're going to talk about, I, I gave, I gave Moose this reaction video and I almost really want to talk about it, but I can't talk about it except mm. for on the after show. So all my after show people, you will hear, uh, true thoughts about, um, some scamming talk. We're going to talk about that. Okay. So, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Come through on the after show. Hear, hear that situation. Um, Creator Av, every Friday, 6 a.m. audio only on your favorite podcast players, regardless if it is Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, whatever. Uh, we cover more tangible uh, branding and business topics on Creator Av that you literally can put into use the same day so go check out creator av follow us on all social media platforms at nikki and moose and then moose final words yeah the most fundamental one of the most fundamental skills that you're going to rely on whether you know this consciously or unconsciously one of the most fundamental skills that you're going to need to rely on to grow and develop in every area, personal, business, brand, is communication. Please take some time out this week and actively work to grow your communication. Could be through a book, could be through a video, but just study communication and think about, man, how can I make my communication better? Because let me tell you something, if you want to reduce some stress in your life, figure out how to communicate better and, and let go of the tension that comes with these ex expectations or not knowing what to say and how to say it. You find you find a way to communicate with someone and the ease that comes with that. Sorry, that one was a little, you know, this final words was more of a final uh, paragraph. But yeah, I just want to encourage somebody to go out there and work on their communication skills this week.